0: The NHL preseason continuing to be underway, but now the AHL in their official preseason as training camps continue. We're going to be talking Tucson Roadrunners today. Brett Ferrer of the Arizona Daily Star will be joining us on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes.
1: Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Robin Lianio, joined by Carl Pavlik, Brett Farah of the Arizona Daily Star, joining us to discuss Tucson Roadrunners hockey, their first preseason game today, uh, tonight, um, against the Henderson Silver Knights. I couldn't be more excited uh, because, well, I get to step in a hockey rink again. I'm not sure how you feel about that one, Brett. (laughs)
1: Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get a little bit better seats than we had last year. You you and I got to hang out a lot in the corner of the building where nobody was around except those trying to reach the restrooms walking by us. That felt that, that was a COVID weird protocols, year. everybody. Amazing. No <laughs> necessary, um, but but, you know, interesting if nothing else.
0: Yeah, there was, there's going to be a lot of different things this year. We're hoping. Um, obviously, the team was different last year because, uh, well, a lot of players got were on the taxi squad for the for the Coyotes because again, different protocols because you right. don't know if a player is going to get COVID. Here we are back here again, and then you know their head coach is back. They got players coming back, and I mean this is going to be a
1: fun year. It's a trip, you know. I mean, if you look at this roster, it's really different from last year. But then it's also a lot the same their leading goal scorer is back that's an interesting story we talked about before we started the show today mike carconi is now actually a part of the coyotes even though he was a roadrunner last year on loan from Nashville, nashville um but the reality is it's a, it's a, it's a new era for this this team and and with everything that's going on in glendale and the coyotes changes to see i think I, i've got a story in the star today that we outlined that five of the 10 longest tenured in terms of games played, longest tenured roadrunners who were with the team at some point last year, gone this offseason. Uh all three of the club's top three all-time goal scorers gone this offseason. So it is absolutely a new look, but then like you had mentioned, you know, Jay Verity back behind the bench is kind of throwing back to uh to the before times, you know, as we say about about not just COVID, but even in hockey sets, the his last day in the rink. Uh, last time he talked to any media did anything in Tucson arena was that day in March when everything shut down, you were right next to me, I think. And we talked to, to him and Hudson Fashing. and first two people we got to talk to on Monday on the first day of practice at Tucson arena, Hudson Fashing and Jay Verity. So kind of a weird bookend to, to 20 months in between for sure. And,
0: you know, regarding that, you know, that whole roster turnover, Carl, you and I were talking about the, uh, like, you know, in previous episodes, just, the coyotes blowing things up and we're seeing that in tucson too you know again have exactly how different this is gonna be
2: yeah definitely uh i think uh i and a lot of coyotes fans pay attention to like the larger nhl roster moves but the coyotes were trading anyone who had value and that included some ahl guys some prospects and some veterans and it'll be interesting to see how the roadrunners kind of rebound and like kind of what they lost versus what they've gained um with the new guy, round of guys that are going down
0: let's go of one of the ones based off the trades and um and and uh, brett and carl this is something that we were actually talking about right before we started recording and that's the acquisition of Boku imama from the kings trading away tyler Steenbergen and, and braden burke both of which who were pretty beloved players down here in tucson and now you get well a Physical guy in Boko mom and not afraid to throw it down, as we saw, as Brett, you and I saw that, that last series uh, of the of this shortened season just this past year.
1: Yeah, you know Steenbergen and Ann Burke, two of those five guys I mentioned in the top ten in Roadrunners all time games played that are gone. Um, but they kind of did what every good team wants to do in theory. Teams that want to be good is they went out and got the guy that kind of messed with them a little bit and made them one of their own. And I, I, as much as Braden Burke was a stalwart the last couple of years, specifically two years ago, when he led the team in goals was an all-star all that stuff. Um, he was not the same player last year, battling just ongoing injuries. And I, I think this is an upgrade. I think to get a physical player that they have not had, I mean, they have not had a player like that who will play virtually every minute unscathed score goals. I mean, I think your scored nine or 10 goals last year for Ontario um, and, and just basically take the physicality into his own hands. That that's a win for the Roadrunners for sure.
2: Yeah. And it's always nice when you get to take the guy who was being physical at you yep. and then just. Turn him around on everyone else uh, on that
1: same team. I mean, that's an interdivision trade for the AHL. so kind of kind of interesting dynamics there for what Los Angeles was thinking in that deal. They must just not seen a long-term opportunity for him, but I but I think he's a legit pickup, not just he's a little older I mean he's 25, so in the sense of his hockey tenure career opportunities, those kind of things but but uh, I, I would be shocked if he's not called up a couple times this season to to Glendale in some capacity.
2: He's looked good in the preseason. I can definitely see him being a call up at, at one point if uh, if there's some sustained injuries.
0: Yeah, Imama was actually just uh, put on waivers uh, yesterday. At, you know, based off the time of this recording. So this morning, should he clear, will be sent down to Tucson uh, right away. And then again, it will be it will be interesting seeing how that works out. You know, a guy who is physical. And that was a discussion I actually part I kind of had with Craig Morgan. Now, right at, like shortly after that trade went down, I was like. I'm like, what do you think went down here? And He's like, well, one for one, he, he, there's going to be a lot of discussion going on the moment he enters that locker room, and a lot of apo- a lot of like quote apologizing because it's like, yeah, yeah, we were on the wrong set of fights in the end, but we're now on the same team.
1: You know, I I asked a couple guys that, and and I I think they they see it that they're hockey players. You know, as much as it's annoying when they're on the ice, they know what their jobs are. So I actually would imagine they they're kind of excited about that prospect and will laugh about it. I mean, we weren't there in the locker room, but that that's my guess is that they're going to sit there and look at it and be like, you remember that time you punked me? Yeah. Let's go do that together to someone else. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, Dean, Dean, Portman and, uh, and what's his name from mighty ducks. You know, that's, that's what I'm imagining. I don't know who the sidekick is, but that's, that's what I feel like with him out on the ice. I mean, it,
2: it, it happens enough in hockey. You have to, Figure that they're at least somewhat used to it, uh, unless you know someone like crosses the line and does something crazy. Right, like, you're always going to want to be like, yeah, that's a guy I want on my side.
0: Let's let's address some of the other. Um, I'll, I'll just name like the other new guys that are coming in for the for the runners this year, and exactly what makes it different. Matthias Machelli, first coming in for his first time. Liam Kirk, we're going to see. Um, Uh, Vladislav Koyacinuk on the defense. Like we're going to have, again, as we we said at the beginning, a very different team and very highly
1: touted players who we've been talked about for years. Yeah, I think I, I, I think what's most fascinating about this, and I'm not trying to get away from talking about the newcomers, but it's a collective thing is you're looking at, I mean, depending what they do with Hayton. Uh, up in Glendale. And if he sticks around and he's such an interesting case because he's yet not really an NHL player, but he's played more NHL games than AHL games. Then you look at Michelli, Kirk, Ben McCartney, who got a couple of games last year. I think he had five points in four games to end the season with Tucson after coming coming to Tucson from the WHL. Ryan McGregor, who I think at the point we're recording this is still with Glendale, which is kind of a shock too, to some extent. Uh, Unique, Hudson Fashing, Blake Spears, Imama, Carconi. I mean that's that's 11 guys right there 10 guys that's that's too many lines you know if you really think about it you know they're gonna add a player or two but the point is like they are four lines deep legitimately because of the newcomers they have talent that's returning and we can talk about those guys but the newcomers especially in Michelli and Kirk and and I count McCartney in that in that mix too let alone the super prospects and Unique and if Hayton comes down to Tucson they're four lines deep and and I think that helps the younger guys a lot because they're not gonna necessarily like last year you had Unique and, and Hayton playing on the first line a lot. And or playing on a on a one B line, depending what Carcone and and Kevin Roy, who's now gone, were doing. So I I think that it actually helps the the overall, not just the fact they're so deep, but just the fact that these young guys don't have to star to to develop and gain time. I mean, as much as everybody wants to see Liam Kirk make this fast track up there, he may need a season or two, and and I think it's going to help him that he doesn't have to be the guy because there's five other the guys around him.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. You want the the guys to go down to the AHL and get the minutes, um, but you don't want them overplayed because you know, it's not going to help them yeah. potentially lead to injuries. But yeah, the roadrunners being deep is going to really help the Coyotes develop uh, their younger guys. And you that's wanted- the
0: point of the American Hockey League. It's for development. And that's why they put Jay Verity back down there because they knew what he, what he was able to do the last couple of seasons before that. And... <laughs>
1: I don't want to, I know this is locked on coyotes, so I guess I could bring up a coyotes point, but like, it really depends on the coyotes. It really depends on how serious Bill Armstrong and John Ferguson, Jr., the new Coyotes assistant GM, who's the GM of the Roadrunners, are going to stick to what they both have said, almost verbatim, almost to the point that it's a prepared statement by Armstrong that he's fed to Ferguson. And they have repeated it almost verbatim, saying basically like now I'm going to actually paraphrase it. But basically, the gist is that they don't want to uh, undercook these guys. They want to make sure that they are ready before they're coming up. You know, you two are a lot younger than me. So, you know, I think back to the days of the, when Gretzky was coaching the Coyotes and they brought Kyle Turris up, you know, this wonderkin who was supposed to do these great things and he wasn't good. He was fine. You could tell he had talent, but he wasn't good. And once he do, he goes and has a productive career with Nashville and Ottawa after leaving Phoenix or leaving Glendale because they just, they forced him into this situation because they were a bad franchise at the time with, you know, not good coaching. And it just sort of, they had to do that. And I, I I think of that, and there's been other instances where guys there's there's a half dozen I can think of where guys just got pushed up too soon, and I I, I think if they stick to that, and and injuries are going to play a role in that, um, it's going to benefit everybody. And selfishly being in Tucson, and I'm not saying this as a fan, but as somebody who wants to cover interesting hockey. Um, it's going to mean the Roadrunners are probably winning some games because they're in a better position with the way that these lineups shake out than the Coyotes obviously are with what they're trying to do for the next couple of years.
2: Yeah, yeah. definitely. The The Coyotes franchise has been nothing if not rushed prospects. Uh, yeah. Going back my entire time, writing about them, which is not the tourist season, but I think the season after. so to that, yeah. I remember tourists sitting out for like the start of the year, uh, in the contract breakdown and being so excited when we got David Rumblad and man, that, uh, that trade is one of my many bad hockey takes from back then. Cause did not turn out well for me.
0: Absolutely. Coming up, we actually we still got more to get to on this show. We got to uh, going to talk some re- some of the returning players for the Arizona Coyotes. All that coming up on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. But first, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Shopify, the all in one comer- commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses like can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in person sales and effortlessly stay informed. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. It's more than a store Shopify grows with you. This possibility is powered by Shopify. Go to Shopify.com slash NHL. that's all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Once again, go to Shopify.com slash NHL right now. Shopify.com slash NHL.
2: Alright fans, fantasy hockey season is fast approaching, and I'm going to give you the inside track on the absolute best fantasy hockey platform in the industry. It's Fantrax. Fantrax's free NHL Fantasy Hockey League manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. This is where I host all of my fantasy leagues, and as the commissioner of some, I can tell you I'm never leaving Fantrax. Sign up uh, today for a free special for offer for Locked On Coyotes fans. You'll be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Locked On or slash Locked and sign up today. Fantrax is the top dynasty fantasy hockey platform in the industry. Have you been hosting your season-long leagues on another platform? No problem. Fantrax can import all or any of your current leagues for free and customize if needed. Fantrax is the most customizable platform in the industry, offering you the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. If you've had any leagues on Yahoo or ESPN, migrate to Fantrax for a better experience. Um, and again, sign up today for a free. Uh, NHL-signed Nathan McCain jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Lockdown and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash Lockdown. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports.
0: All right, back here on Lockdown Cardies, Robin Leano and Carl Palak, joined by Brett Ferrer of the Arizona Daily Star as we discuss Tucson Roadrunners today. And I know we said we were going to talk about returning players, but I I missed one player who is a new guy that I do kind of want to touch on. That's Giannis Mosier. A defense, another another defense, and that just shows you how, like we were talking about offense before, but defense too is also going to be incredibly deep this upcoming year.
1: Yeah, and it it starts, I mean, Mosier is going to be, I think that one of the more interesting factors, I guess, for lack of a better word, I think in part because um, still pretty young, 21, but I don't think that, there is a lot that folks who aren't totally ingrained with this organization know about Mosier. And I think that's that's an interesting component. And I also think that it depends too how the team looks at the future of guys like Cam Crotty and and, and even Cole Holtz, who you know may not be a big time NHL prospect, but um, but I, I think I think Mosher is going to, especially if, with Soderstrom, if Soderstrom ends up back down here, that that Mosher is going to be looked at as sort of that one B to Soderstrom um very quickly. I know you have Dyson Mayo and Camdenine coming back, but I, I think part of that is wanting to see what Mosher is able to actually build into. Um, and and i I expect a lot out of out of Mosher and and a lot out of out of Soderstrom if he comes back too.
0: I mean, there's a reason I mean, they drafted him, right? Yeah. You know, they they, yeah. they
1: they they needed someone to help bolster that
0: defense. So they draft someone who's a little bit overage than they n- you normally do in a draft. It's like, okay, we know what Moser's capable of because he's older. So there's more sample size. Let's take him, have him re-bolster Tucson and, and go from there.
2: Yeah, Mosier being drafted was definitely one of the more interesting picks by the Coyotes. Uh, they seem to go for a couple of older players. And it did kind of make me think at the time or like, how much are they trying to bolster the Roadrunners, or how quickly do they need these guys developing or, or wh- how is that coming into play? And I wasn't too surprised to see him being sent down there. And I think he's going to potentially have a really good season.
1: Well, his sample size that anyone in North America would have seen, I mean, dude's played, I think seven seasons of international hockey. I mean, it's, it's kind of a trip. I mean, I think, I, I think since he was 14, so there's, There is, I know I was saying earlier, there's not much, but it's all relative. I mean, the people who are in the know, who are watching international hockey and seeing what he's been able to do overseas have seen him, but there isn't much prior to him getting drafted that folks over here who are just fans or in my position have seen. And, and I think that's what makes it intriguing. The the Coyotes had to have seen something that, you know, I can't pick out of midair. So that, that's what, that's part of why I'm excited to see it. I know that seems a little superficial, but, um, but I, I think there's something absolutely there with him. Absolutely. So that's that's
0: the uh, new players. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the returning players. And I think well, why not start with the goaltending? Because Ivan Prospatov back for his third season now. Yeah, he's he's
1: a wily veteran now. I mean, geez. Not gone long gone are the days of him doing backflips after after <laughs> shutouts. I you mean you get them?
2: older, you can't do backflips anymore. Yeah. It's just uh... It's how it goes with everyone.
1: He's, 20, he's 22, by the way. So he's yeah, he's just, younger he's than old. all of us. Yeah, <laughs> he is um, very young. No, I, I look at the same, and this is probably the bigger issue with the depth on this team. Is as much as David Tendex been part of this organization for a while. As much as there's a couple of other goalies, but if I, I still expect to see a couple of things happen, and this is going to affect Prozvatov because Prozvatov needs a full season as the number one down here. The reason that Aiden Hill is going to be an NHL goaltender full time from here on out is because he got three or four, three or four full seasons as either the number 1 or the 1A in an AHL team and a couple of those they they played pretty well and so with Hill out of the organization uh Prozvatov now is sort of that de facto number 3 even though he's arguably as good or better potentially I mean he's not necessarily today but he's looked at as more important than the 1 and 2 today um, it really depends on a couple things. One, how the rest of the roster moves around the league work this week. And if there's a good chance that they might be able to make a move that the Coyotes might be able to make a move and, and, you know, pick up a, a, a goaltender, they'd have to keep him. But at the same time, um, I think there's something to that sort of like the Eric Comrie pickup a couple of years ago, um, because a, the Coyotes still want to compete. I mean, we know that that sounds obvious, you know, they're, they're tanking in the generalist sense of the word, but they also, they have to feel the team that, that doesn't allow the players they have up there to essentially give up. And at some point they don't know yet what they have, uh, with the goalies that are up there. And, um, I, I think the biggest issue, and forgive me for rambling about this, is whether or not Prozvatov gets to stay in Tucson. If health or just pure need sends him up to Glendale too soon, the roadrunners are going to be in trouble. I mean, and we don't know enough about 10 to know if he's the guy down here, but uh, but it's Prozvatov. It's his season, it's his team. They need it to be his season at his team. And I'm not talking about Tucson, I think the Coyotes do.
2: I don't think anyone uh, at- any point in the Coyotes organization is interested in rushing Prasvatov. That seems like um, the simplest move to make. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you say that we say that now, like it seems like no one should be, but uh, we've, we've all seen plenty of organizations where they make that decision. um, And I, I really hope the Coyotes, you know, keep Prospertov in the AHL for, Mm-hmm. all of the season, or if not most, if there is like a brief injury called. And again, this like, yeah.
0: this is the year, I mean, like, no, this is the year of not rushing players, not rushing prospects, because the Coyotes are in that rebuild. Don't rush anything at this point. Um, if Ivan Prospotov is the future goalie of your franchise, you want him to make sure he's ready and going to be complete, like 100% ready for the NHL. Have him a season more in the in the in the American in the American Hockey League. Be that number one guy in Tucson. Get that experience. And yeah, I, I'm I'm totally with you guys on that. It's, I think setting him up to really would, would not help him. Um, yeah, I,
1: I agree. I just don't think there's enough of a sample size out of Kojanosh or Hutton or any of these guys to really know if they can play a full season up there, which is why I do. I would have to guess Armstrong's eyes are on the on the waiver wires to see if there's somebody worth picking up. I mean, if this was two years ago, and again, I used Eric Comrie as the example. He, I think, he circled Winnipeg like nine times in the last five years. But like, he's a guy. If that type of player comes available, that you grab and you make your number one almost overnight. I mean, maybe not, or maybe you're one B up in Glendale, and that secures your ability to not have to do this with, with pros because they don't want to, and there's no benefit in doing it the last couple of seasons. Yeah. You had Hill and, and pros do this because you were competing for playoff spots, but I don't know. And, and, you know, unless they, unless they're surprising everyone and in that mix, and even then it's risky. Uh, but I'm with you, you guys. And I, I think you know a lot more about this than I do, Carl. I'm going to start calling you commissioner Carl after your last, uh, your last ad bump. Um, (laughs) You you, know a lot more than I do, Kamish, so I'm going to go with your knock on wood with your belief that he's not coming out of Tucson all year, and I think that's good for him, and it's good for the organization.
2: Yeah, I mean, it would not surprise me at all if the Coyotes made an acquisition of another goalie. Uh, I don't think anyone is certain about Hutton being the starter. Uh, You're right. The team wants to have somewhat of a chance, and I'm not saying Hutton is terrible, but he's probably not – NHL starting goaltender by any stretch.
0: And neither is Kozhenosh.
2: And neither is Kozhenosh. Um So that'll be interesting. Uh, Although
0: we, uh, one thing I will give is, yeah, neither of them are true starting starting goaltenders. But I mean, I'm not sure if that's what they're going for at this point. And we know this year because different, different coaching that I don't think either of them will be overused. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Well, and I think there's I think there's moments, you know, I think there's an opportunity at certain times to maybe you do bring Prozotov up for a weekend and plan to give him a start at a two out of three game start and then send him back, you know, just to continue to let him pick up the speed. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him up there. It's just if I were the Coyotes and they're not going to do this for competitive reasons, but I would think it'd be pretty clear that, yeah, we're doing this just to continue to cycle guys through and see them. Because if I'm not mistaken, he doesn't have to clear waivers yet, right? He they can they can move him up and down with no problem. He is exempt um, from waivers, yeah. Right,
2: yeah. He has not.
1: I mean, if he had to clear waivers, they wouldn't do that. But yeah, um, no.
2: yeah.
0: I mean, that, that's <laughs> the reason why Aiden Hill had to stay in Glendale right. the all of last year.
1: Well, it's the same problem with Kyle Capobianco right now. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are under this situation. Capobianco is kind of one of those guys that probably. If it was any other year with any other set of players up in Glendale, might still be considered a, a person to have in Tucson. But they need him up there probably, and he he'll he'll get claimed in five minutes if he gets put on waivers. So,
2: yeah, I that that's interesting for for Capo Bianco because he's not sent down yet. I I do really wonder where he is going to be. I I almost think this is his make or break year. And oh, it has he, to be. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um. One player that I'm kind of curious about, Yanique, uh, is he's going to have a second season down in Tucson, right? I
1: mean, um, I think I think I mentioned I mentioned the joke of, uh, you know, the the Mighty Ducks joke of the Bash Brothers, you know, from at least my childhood, like I said, I'm older than you guys, but, uh, um, but I, I think unique is that, is that partner to Imama down here. I mean, unique's a, a very, very handsy goal scorer and playmaker, but also not, well, not huge, you know, he's smaller than Barrett Hayton. People don't realize that, but while not huge, he plays big. So, um, so I think, I think his year is about being physical and putting on a little bit of, of muscle and, basically having some support from someone like Imama down here to be able to throw his weight around a little bit and gain the confidence physically to, to get ready for the NHL level. And Brett going on last year. I mean,
0: that's one of the things that I, um, that I asked to, uh, um, uh, then head coach Steve Hoffman I was like, you know, who, like, you know, who's a player we should look out for. And he mentioned Yanya Yannick in his physicality you know, and the weight and the, just the play style he is being a true power forward in the game. And, I mean, mean, you said pairing him alongside Pocu Mama. I'm like, oh my god, that's gonna, that's gonna be, that'd be quite some.
2: Yeah, that'd be a heavy line. I finally got a chance to see Unique um this preseason, and he looked a lot more physical than I had ever really thought. Because you know, you read about these players all the time, but if you're not watching the game tape, you don't really get the full idea of what they're doing. And Unique. Uh, throws his body around and I love it and I want to see more of it in the future, but I do think he's probably going to be spending the full season in Tucson this year. Uh, What do you think?
1: I think so. I mean, I think, I think the same thing. I think you'll see a lot of these guys get a tour when the schedule works out that way um these guys that have the ability to go up and down and i think unique is one of those we talked about it with with uh probably it's different with goalies so i mean maybe it won't happen with pros but i i would see unique getting another weekend or two especially toward the end of the nhl season like he did this past year um soderstrom if they do send him down i I, i'm not totally certain it's going to happen but i think at some point soderstrom will be down here um but yeah i think unique's year is here and i also i mean it it as weird as this sounds and i'm totally coming out of nowhere and i don't have the the knowledge that that you guys have about the the coyotes but um i i personally think unique is a more intriguing prospect than even hayton just because he is a five tool player and i i think that is something that a franchise like the coyotes which are going to load up on young guys next season and the year after um are gonna are going to need to build around and so um, I'm excited to see him take that sort of jump, which he took in the second half of last season too. I mean, he started slow. I mean, all the young guys started really slow. Soderstrom kind of picked it up and obviously on the defense, he's not going to score as much, but then unique just hit this second level. And that's where you saw the difference between him and Hayden because Hayden never kicked into that second or I guess third gear, Um, even though you can see the skill every night. So. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Unique's going to be here all year. And, and I also think we talked about it earlier, that depth is going to help him a lot. He was playing on the number one line a lot last year and he may not have to, he, they might be able to create a line of a, of a, you know, a Carcone, a Hudson fashion and, you know, insert other player here and, and let unique sort of dominate from a second position. And, and uh, I think that's, that's good for him at, at
0: his age. Unique is a second line center. I love hearing that. I think mm-hmm. that's, that would work perfectly.
2: Yeah, he's definitely like I know he has seen his like prospects grow like since being drafted by the KOs. It definitely reminds me of Christian Dvorak over Dylan mm-hmm. Strome, where just after a time you're like, the guy in the second round seems like they're doing better. And that's always kinda interesting when that goes. Maybe
0: it's because they try harder too, because like the first rounders might be a little bit, you know on their on their and in their head they got drafted in the first round they have a higher chance of making it second rounders know that the second third rounders fourth rounders they know if they work five times as hard
2: yeah i mean it could be there i do always say that being a first round pick sometimes seems like a double edged sword because i mean we saw it with Dylan Strom like the expectation is there and if you're not living up you look a lot worse than someone who's like over exceeding from what you would expect from them
1: I mean, you could say that about a lot of these guys if you look at the Ben McCartney's. And, you know, Ryan McGregor, I want to ask you all about. I know we're talking about the Roadrunners, but I, I want to know what they're seeing in McGregor that's holding him up there so long. Cause I can't fathom he's on the NHL roster a couple of days from now, but, but they've given him a long look and he was very, very important to this team. But he's, he played half the year on the fourth line in Tucson last year. And now he's, at camp for three weeks. I mean, it's kind of an interesting dynamic and, but he's one of those guys like you're talking about that doesn't have the pressure of being a first round pick. And yes, he's onto his second team, but you know, that's kind of where even Liam Kirk fits into the mold of being a relatively later round pick.
0: I'm interested to see. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've been personally also pretty surprised that, you know, McGregor stayed, you know, stayed up as long as he has, maybe
1: the Am lo- I missing something. Forgive me for interrupting. Am i assuming, is he hurt? I mean, like I haven't gotten to see a lot of action up there, but is he still, or, or is it a legitimate like hockey related reason? I know that sounds like dumb, and I should know that, and I'm sharing my ignorance on 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 our show here tonight. But I I'm curious if either of you know that.
2: I do not think he is hurt. Um... I didn't.
1: I didn't either. And I'm not trying to put anyone on the spot either. Has, I just started thinking about not, it, and
0: now yeah, now that you think about it, they make it, I'm thinking about it too. Like, have we seen him many of the preseason games?
2: Oh, nope. He is an uh, upper body injury. There we go. He's
1: been out the whole time. And um, that's it. Then that's it right there because they're going to they're not going to send him down until he's healthy. I mean, yeah. that, or at least through the through the first. OK, so that makes sense. I, I've I feel stupid now for and it's just I'll be honest. I haven't been able to watch every ounce of the actual preseason games. And there's not much I can do from 150 miles away of uh, of seeing anything <laughs> that's going on at practice. But uh, but yeah, oh, I, I, I missed that one. Trust me um, we
2: have complained about the preseason games being very difficult to watch a couple of times so
1: we've only watched uh
0: like i mean officially two of them i mean you've, you you a little bit more cuz you were at the one last saturday but yeah um
2: uh, the two that laughing. were streaming
0: one terrible one that was ne- that was unwatchable in uh in Anaheim like it was i don't even know what to call that and then you have the uh um the Hockeyville game, which was cool, but again, yeah, you couldn't really want like it's it took a few steps to try to watch it.
2: Yeah, last night's game was on ESPN Plus, um, so I got a chance to watch part of that. Uh, it's interesting watching the Coyotes' presentation improve during preseason. Like you'd expect, like that would be somewhat well done, but it's preseason for everybody, including production. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: let's take a look at some of these other returning players. Um, mm-hmm. and one that I, I, I want to mention, Brett, that you and I got a chance to watch last year is, is Michael Carcone. You kind of mentioned his name at the beginning last year. He was on the road but not as an Arizona Coyotes prospect. He was a prospect of the Nashville predators, but by coincidence, because the uh, Milwaukee admirals decided not to play last year. They sent him to Tucson and now he's actually a Coyotes prospect. Well, it's,
1: it's really interesting. Cause it's not even just because of the admirals, even though that's the big reason the Nashville sent most of their minor league or triple a level guys, their AHL level guys to Chicago, I believe to, to play with the wolves for, as, as sort of the share, sort of like what Seattle's doing with, uh, with Charlotte this year. Yeah. And Um, And he was one of, I think three that they sent elsewhere because they didn't really value him to be in that situation where they had to watch him every day. Like he was under contract. They needed him to play, but there were a couple things at play. Like there was a Nashville scout at every home game sitting right in front of us in our little corner on the elevated seats. We could (laughs) see his backpack and his jacket. And then, um, he just, he outplayed everyone's expectations on a bad team. And, I know that that's, that's kind of for those in Tucson, you know, Robin, you're going to, you're going to understand this. It's the TJ McConnell effect. You know, TJ McConnell was the point guard for U of A basketball, you know, eight years ago, who's now in his seventh NBA season or sixth NBA season was never considered an NBA prospect, but ended up going to the Philadelphia 76ers when they were really bad and earning minutes as a hustle guy. You know, uh, uh, one of those guys that isn't putting any stats up, but you just like watching him play. And now I think he signed a, what, a $40 million deal, you know, returning to Indiana. It's the second team he's been on this this offseason because he just has that. But the teams he's on aren't highly competitive usually. So I'm waiting to see what Carconi can do when he's not the centerpiece of a bad team picking up garbage, but he's in the middle of a lot of really good players and can benefit maybe from, or if he can keep up playing alongside these guys who are young and fast and, you know, can do all these things. His situation is so interesting. He was eight days I think eight days before the first regular season game back in January. I mean, it it started in February, but it was January was the day he learned about getting sent to Tucson. And next thing you know, he leads the team in goals. He's top 10 in the league in goal scoring sets the all time franchise record for goals in a game with four has six in one weekend. You know, he's, he's an interesting case and he, you know, I, we joked about it that, Hey, it's probably the last time we're ever going to see him, you know, in that last game because he wasn't part of the organization. And sure enough, they saw enough to want to keep him around. So, Um, I think that's huge, you know, and you pair him alongside Hudson Fashing, who's the oldest player on the team now at 26. I don't consider Fashing an old player, but um, or been around, you know, in his for how long he's been playing. And then uh, Dyson Mayo on the defensive side is, I think, 10 games away from passing Michael Bunting for most games all time played by a roadrunner. So you have some seniority here. You have some depth of guys that can lead through their experience of being three or four years older, but also you know, having a significant amount of game and experience under their belt. And uh um, I mean it was really funny. Monday at practice, I asked Cam Denin, you know, about being, you know, he's in his fourth year with the Roadrunners. I asked him about being one of the older guys and or one of the veterans. I didn't say older. And then he turns and he goes, Yeah, well, us old guys, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, wait a minute, you're 23. You know, but he's right. He's been there four years, and he's now one of the grizzled vets. And you know, is no longer a baby face. You know, turning the puck over on the blue line. He's he's considered one of the stalwarts back there. So I, I think in all those cases, particularly Carconi's, it's going to be really interesting to see how they play around that level of, of that number of prospects. And you know, Carconi was a newcomer with Unique and with Soderstrom and with Hayton last year. So uh, so it's he's got a little bit of a rapport with some of those younger guys already. So. I think, I think it was a smart move and a relatively inexpensive move for the Coyotes to make.
2: Yeah. I looked it up. Uh, The Ottawa senators were also involved in that Carcone situation that led to him being on the Tucson Roadrunners.
1: Yeah. They basically Um, dumped him to Nashville and Nashville was like, well, we don't know what to do with him, So here.
2: Yeah. I was like looking that up because the, the end story was like, all right, this is the guy leading the Roadrunners. What's his, what's going on with him? And it's like, I, I don't know how to make sense of any of this. I assume COVID was involved somehow that led to this crazy acquisition, but not really. Um, that was fun.
1: I think the it interesting was- thing with him that Robin, you and I saw is that he, I mentioned six goals in one weekend. He had 15 on the season. So yes, he was a top 10 goal scorer in the league, but you know, can he do it and not necessarily in bunches, but will he need to? You know, depending how this team shakes out, he may not need to, but to have some of those moments like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially since we saw how deep. I mean, when we we're talking about the, just the overall depth of this Roadrunners is, you know, seeing you know, especially of all the new guys coming in. It's. I mean, he won't need to, which is a good thing. But it's going to. It's, it's going to. It's good. Good to have his talent.
1: It's going to be interesting to see Blake Spears too. He was basically out almost all last season. And he got hurt the second weekend of the season. I mean, granted it was the shortened season that started in February, but um, but he's probably the 12th guy on this offensive unit and still worth having. He was part of the Nick Merkley. Uh, I had called the Nick Merkley trade, but the Taylor hall trade, um, you know, two seasons ago. So he, he came over from New Jersey and, and he's a legit guy. That's that's a big locker room presence. He has been for a couple of years already. And even through injury last year, so there's, there's a good for all the newcomers we talked about, if you take out of the fact that all the younger guys put them onto one side, then you have all the returning guys like Spears and Carconi and the defensive guys we talked about in Fashing. And then you add sort of the X factor of a, a Boko Imama in the middle who's mature and experienced at 25 years old, but still a newcomer to this team. Um, I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool marriage and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, I, I think the one, you know, we talked about it already, but the most important newcomer who's also a returner is, is probably Jay Verity, the head coach. I mean, he, I I think he as good of a coach as he is, and he's already proven at multiple levels now, even if he was just an average coach, it's a huge advantage over last season that they now have three legitimate full-time coaches on this staff. I mean, if you're talking about position, position groups and breaking up your special teams and things like that, they only had two on ice coaches last year. Yeah, they kind of just rolled with that and a brand new head coach. I mean, Steve Popman deserves a medal for what he did last year, even though they were the last place team in the division because he held it together with duct tape and silly string, you know, and, and so Verity comes in and comes back to a to a situation where the last time he was on the ice, they were in first place with a better roster than he had that night. Um, I think I think that's a pretty telling component. And the fact that there was, you know, other than Phil Housley, a pretty large cleaning house up in Glendale. And yet Bill Armstrong says, no, I want to keep and keep is a relative term because Verity's coming back, but I want to keep Verity and John Slaney and Steve Popvin together in Tucson. That's a pretty, a pretty strong sign of confidence from the from the you know the C suite in Glendale.
0: Absolutely. We still got more to get to on this show. We're going to talk about uh, the overall expectations. You kind of mentioned a little bit of the uh, of that um, to talk about what to expect from the Tucson Roadrunners for the 2021-2022 AHL season. That coming up in just a sec. But first, I want to tell you guys about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know all the flavors, they got... A lot of different ones. You're missing out. From raspberry to mint brownie, salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, and more. One of my favorite ones was the limited time flavor from earlier this year, Churro Puff. It was probably just super soft, super delicious. and it It's absolutely to die for. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. You get two of each of the nine regular flavors. And uh, if you decide which you like one of the best, you can get a full box of that down the road. If not only are these the best tasting out there they are also healthy too here are some of some of the health information you want to know about 17 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams net carbs amazing flavor all tasty all healthy and if you guys go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off your order once again use the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com
2: we're back and better than ever All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, to hockey, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts.
0: All right, back here on Locked On Once again, Robin Leano and Carl Palik, Brett Ferrer of the Arizona Daily Star, joining us on today's show to talk Tucson Roadrunners before we get any further. I want to go ahead and thank everyone for making Locked On your first listener of the day. Really appreciate all your support. Uh, to those who, who don't, I want to let you guys know we are free and available on all platforms so you can listen to us anywhere you are. Let's go ahead now and discuss the upcoming season. So, and and Brett, this is something going to be interesting—a a really fun conversation because uh, pre pre COVID, this team was in route for a, a historically really good season. They were Pacific Division ended up being Pacific Division champions because of the way it ended, but they could have really they could have made a colder cut push. And then last year, COVID season, not as good as you said. You know, you know, um, Steve Popman essentially had to had have a team pieced together by silly string is the way you said it and you know it was it was definitely a stark contrast but now we're back to a season where we have a lot of that death back we have those returning players we have the new players like we mentioned and this is going to be an exciting year
1: it's going to be really exciting and not just for the roadrunners but league-wide i mean you have You know the last champion the last calder cup champion that was crowned was charlotte and they're probably the deepest team in the league because of the fortuitous nature of their their affiliation agreements and basically getting everyone that seattle wants to push down there you know because the the palm desert franchise isn't in place yet which will be next year they'll be seattle's ahl affiliate um so you have charlotte back who didn't play last year You have Milwaukee, who didn't play last year, who probably was the favorite, even though the Roadrunners were right behind them. Milwaukee was probably the favorite to go into the playoffs and win the Calder Cup in 2020. They didn't play last year. So you have the two, you know, the 2019 champion and the 2020 likely champion and no cup winner last year, both returning. Um, And the fact that the Roadrunners are back in a nine team division, which I just think is absurd. And it's almost 10 teams because they play Texas again to open the season and then go on the road to see them again. And that's a team they've played, I think, three years in a row now, just because Texas is kind of, they're the coyotes of the AHL, kind of on an island without any teams in their real region. So they sort of get stuck, you know playing against all these other places that aren't really geographically connected um but so i think it's going to be pretty fascinating i think with nine teams in this division it's going to be really really interesting you've got henderson who was kind of the class of the division last year stockton's back um after playing a year in calgary because of the the border um situation they chose to keep the team up there even though edmonton did not do the same with bakersfield If i uh or wait no yeah. bakersfield didn't play
0: no, oh, Bakersfield we that did back. play.
1: Bakersfield did play. Sorry. The Roadrunners yeah. did not play Bakersfield. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, they didn't even play a team in their own division. That's how crazy last season was. Um, and they're in Colorado, San Jose, Ontario, San Diego. I mean, it's it's a deep, deep group. And then Abbotsford, you know, the Roadrunners are going to make their first trip north of the border since their inaugural season. They have not played in Canada since April of 2016, and they will on, I think, December 22nd and 23rd, they'll play Abbotsford, um, which is an hour east of Vancouver. Um, so it's it's, go- it's going to be interesting, but um, I think we're a month away from being able to really prognosticate anything just because of how few games these teams all played last year. So there's no real takeaway of, oh, well, this team was great a year ago. Yeah, you had Providence, who's always pretty competitive, was really good. You had uh, Laval was competitive, and obviously that makes sense. With some- you either have one of two things happen. You rarely see an NHL team that's great and an AHL team that's bad. You sometimes see an NHL team that's good and an AHL team that's good. Laval and Montreal are a good comparison of that this past season. Or you do sometimes often see uh, an NHL team that's not that great and an AHL team that's good. And that's essentially what the Roadrunners would be trying to do this year with what's going on up in up in Glendale. And so, I mean, I, I don't want to not prognosticate. I think the Roadrunners are going to be good. I mean, that's, that's vague and simple, but I think it's the truth. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be competitive. And I think they're going to be able to withstand – Issues to depth that they haven't in past years with injuries and things like that, as long as goaltending stays intact uh, with Prozvatov. Um, other than that, I think we need to wait a week or two after the season starts to really see how some of these teams play because there was a lot of movement between the end of 2020 and now. And I kind of think you have to throw out the 30 game 2021 season as just yeah. doesn't yeah. tell you much about what these teams are gonna do this year.
0: I mean, that's kind of why we threw out the like. Um, well it was hard it was hard to talk about the draft because it's like wait uh, for example we're talking about Dylan Gunther you know when they right. drafted with him it's like he only played 12 games it was not much of a sample size it's the same case with the AHL like they only played you no know, 40 games like what
2: yeah like the NHL it was only division games so how can you really compare against like the season like this and I thought it was difficult following NHL hockey what you're talking about with the AHL and just the teams that didn't play last year. Yeah. How can you predict what they're going to be? That's, I mean, I'm glad it's not my job to to be the one making these roster decisions for fielding a team against
1: well guys. It's just who... you, you also. I mean, it, it's completely realigned. I know this happened in the NHL too, but like the a, the AHL basically said, let's blow up our divisions and we'll take the five, the four Canadian teams and Stockton because Stockton technically played out of Calgary um and make a canadian division and so you had just everything was out of whack and uh i i think it's amazing though we're looking at and this is not really talking about this year but we have a 19 pacific division so there's 32 teams in the ahl nine of them are in one division next year there will be 33 teams and unless a team moves and there's possibility stockton moves um and there's there's rumors that they may move to like a um um Colorado Springs area where they've got an old barn that um that uh Colorado um I always get mixed up who plays there other than Air Force um Colorado College who is it I'm thinking of anyway they one of the one of the universities the d1 schools, just built a brand new arena and so they've got a a building that's 20 years old in downtown that's barely touched so there's talk of stockton moving there and then you would take colorado eagles and that team and move them to the central to have an 18 pacific division but the point is if they don't do that the pacific division will be 10 teams next year with the palm desert team coming on board and i keep getting nervous for no reason other than just i want to see them play the teams out west that they're going to come up with some kooky way to, to parallel them with what the coyotes are having to do and move them. You're going to have four teams within 500 driving miles, potentially of Tucson. And yet there's a possibility. They may be the la- the team left out and shoveled to the central division, because I can't imagine there's a 10 team, a 10 team division next year. So it's going to be interesting enough with nine. And I think how that goes. And if the Pacific becomes a dominant division, it's going to, it's a double-edged sword. You know, if they become a dominant division this year and and a deep division, That's good, except that the rest of the league might push to break them up. And if or if they're mediocre, the rest of the league might sit there and say, yeah, they're dragging us down. So I I think it's going to be interesting how it shapes out and whether or not the league, the rest of the league is okay with this many teams in in one place and whether the NHL interests align with that you know, all of these teams out West have their NHL clubs in relatively close geography, other than the two Canadian teams, Edmonton and Calgary, everyone else is within very, very close geography. I mean, it, I, interestingly enough, the Roadrunners are the furthest team from their NHL partner, other than Edmonton and Calgary of the nine teams in the Pacific division. So, which is not that far. So, um, so I think, I think it's going to be a really interesting and important season out west to really see what happens and it 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 could be one that ends with you know i everyone i talk to says the roadrunners aren't moving next year but I, there's i think 10 teams is too much in one division you got to break that up somehow it's so, it's
0: it's hard to make that decision though because i mean we're in the american hockey league we're talking about travel you know that that, yeah. that like travel is a huge problem because you, you need money and and like you said if there was in striking distance from henderson from palm desert from san diego from ontario like
1: That group that I mean, those five teams already like that's
0: really five teams
1: within 500 miles. I mean, it's crazy. You saw you and I talked about this, Robin, last year, how at at the point that Henderson came on board because they're playing in Vegas on the strip, they immediately became the closest geographical opponent to the Roadrunners. At this point next season, even though they're only moving 15 miles to their new arena in Henderson, the they'll be the third closest opponent to the Roadrunners because San Diego is back in their own building, Palm Desert will be closer. So, I mean, it's, it's, I agree with your point. Like, I can't see unless you break the division into two five team mini divisions. So you end up having five teams in the league or five divisions in the league. And these 10 teams sort of play like a college division, like, you know, a PAC 12 North and PAC 12 South or sec West and East, you know, and then battle it out to see who out of those teams wins the division and gets in. I, I, I don't know, but the playoff situation is going to be interesting too. I think, I think nine teams, the top seven go to that mini tournament again. They're doing it again this year. They're the, I think they're the only division that's doing it again. So it's uh it's kind of a trip and it's, it's kind of unfair in some respects, you know, the top four teams historically have gone and um, the roadrunners have been right there a couple of times in that mix. And so I, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see. I will say though, uh, throwing back to your, well, I guess it's, this is a hockey platform. So I have to, I have to, you know, do do, do the locked on fans know about your love for the sharks, Robin? I'm imagining. They yes,
0: do. they do. I've, okay. I've talked about
2: it. It's come okay. up a couple of times.
1: So, so your other favorite team in sports, uh the you know first place san francisco giants um what did they do you know 10 years ago or, or or seven eight years ago when they won their three titles they won a title then they were kind of mediocre then they won a title then they were kind of mediocre and yep. they won a title well to look at this look at the five years so far of the roadrunners first year started hot finished sixth two spots out of a playoff spot the next year won the division and the conference regular season point championship if you can call it that went so in the second
0: round too what
1: Second round of the playoffs this year after that finished basically one point out of a playoff spot. So another mediocre season the year after that won the division the year after that finished dead last. So if everything goes to plan like your giants, then this is the year the Roadrunners win again. So, you know, forget what's up, forget what's on the ice. We're just going to go with karma and history and just, you know, tell the calendar that's what it's supposed to be. Right.
2: I mean, I won't, I won't complain. <laughs> that seems fair enough. I've seen, less strange explanations for why things happen in sports. <laughs> There's no explanation. It's just, no. it's,
1: it's just grasping at straws. Sometimes that pre preseason just... coverage makes no sense. Cause no one's done anything yet. No,
2: no. Um, it is crazy just to see the growth of the AHL in the Southwest area. Um, like yeah. looking at all of the movement. I remember like everyone just complaining about the coyotes having to get their prospects from like Springfield. Springfield, uh, it was nice when we had San Antonio, San Antonio. for a while, yeah, that was yeah. considered
1: close, yeah.
0: And, and, and then what it was, was, I think, what was even crazier though, I was thinking about that too is, um, when they were talking about moving Utica before, before they decided to move it to Abbotsford, you know what, what the what discussion was where they, where they wanted to put it, Prescott Valley, City, right? Prescott Valley in the yeah. southwest, that would have been added another southwest team. That <laughs>
2: how how soon was that in relation to the sundogs leaving
1: no this was just this or, past year this was just last year oh yeah, yeah. it was one of the oh groups. yeah no i, I and do part of it's that. because i mean that's what's so interesting you know bob hoffman the president of the Roadrunners, used to be a big wig i can't remember his exact title but was a higher up with the chl the old central hockey league which It had a really interesting business model. That's what the Sundogs played in. So the Sundogs, the Colorado Eagles played there. They were in the ECHL, but the CHL was where they really started um, before moving up to the AHL three seasons ago, was it, Robin, I think, when we first saw them join the Pacific Division. And um, the CHL was a construction company. Their whole MO was, we are going to go to your city. We are going to build you an arena. And oh, by the way, here's a hockey team because they ran the league as an offshoot to justify building arenas and i'm not putting that on bob's shoulders i mean i I just know that bob worked for the chl they were ironically i think their headquarters was in for the last three or four years or maybe longer that they existed was at westgate in glendale they had an office in westgate up above this the jimmy buffett restaurant um and so it it was kind of fascinating so that's how that's why there's a brand new i mean it's 10 years old but there's an arena in prescott that's great and ready for a, a minor league hockey team of some sort, but they're just, you know, that's why it would be interesting to see if there was any value in putting a an ECHL franchise franchise back there. And now you have 100 miles each, or 120 miles each direction. Um, if the if and when, I don't want to say if, but if and when the Coyotes truly solidify with an arena in Tempe, or God forbid, Tempe, um, you know, <laughs> do do you do that? Do you try and pull that off? And now you have all your teams in this striking distance to just continue to move up and down. But I don't, I don't see the second team happening. But at the same time, it'd be kind of fun.
2: Yeah, I do remember um, who is it? Uh, Schlemko uh, yep. came, came up from the the CHL, and that always really impressed me. That story of just a guy going from the CHL to the yep. AHL to the NHL. You very rarely see that for defense. It's it
0: is a rare pipeline to see. I
1: yeah. mean,
0: it happens. It happens in the for a goaltending because goaltending, you know, yeah, it goes pretty deep. But rarely do you see a skater make that jump.
2: Yeah. Cause goaltending there's two spots everywhere essentially. So like you end up going that deep. Um, but yeah, for, for skaters, it's...
1: I mean, it's pretty fascinating. I mean, there's some recent roadrunner goaltenders who have done it. Uh, um, Hunter Miska did it. I mean, he played, he mm-hmm. played in the, in the ECHL as recent as I think two seasons ago. And he's also got NHL games that bookended the, that season. And, uh, um, You know, uh, Steve Popvin is the interesting one to me, the former or or I guess current roadrunner or current roadrunner's assistant coach who was the head coach last year. His last and only his only professional season, um, I guess not only his his last professional season was with the Sundogs back in 2010. Um, And and he was he was actually pretty good for them after I think like a decade plus playing overseas. He played he played some AHL hockey. I forgot about that. Um, uh, But yeah, it's. uh, the Sundogs were in, were fun. I mean, they were an, they were an interesting team. I think they beat Colorado. They had a big rivalry with the Colorado Eagles, um, which is kind of fun that that's sort of considered the Roadrunners' natural rival, even though there's a lot of teams closer. That's the team that they make them play the most every year. Um, and so it's it's the Arizona minor league team still, still going at Colorado, which I guess makes sense. Arizona and Colorado always are kind of considered to be, you know, distant cousins, I guess, in everything we do. They are... It's kind of
2: similar, but very different. It's it's very yeah. interesting.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, in, in trying to get this these closing thoughts over, I mean we we're, we're talking about this se- this this upcoming season. Like you were said, it's kind of hard to you know yeah. pick point exactly how it's gonna go, but like. Let's say a player, like maybe a player you're looking forward to the most. Like for example, for me, and I mean it's no surprise that I've been telling this to Carl. I really want to see Liam Kirk. I've been trying, like I'm trying to get my hands on the Liam Kirk Kachina jersey because, like, I mean I want to see the the seventh round kid from the UK just all of a sudden <laughs>
1: do incredibly well. Yeah, I, I think. I think going to be interesting just because of a lot of the talk over the summer about his contract and whether he actually would, would end up here. I think that's, that's kind of cool that that worked out and is out of the way. I mean, mine is, is kind of, kind of a weird one. And it's only because, you know, we got, we got four games to see him last year, but it's, it's Ben McCartney. I, I like seeing, you know, a, you know, these, these late round, I mean, the seventh round pick last year and ends up, you know, getting a, a quick, a quick tryout with the Roadrunners get some some relatively upper line time and uh, I think four assists and a goal in four games um, would after, you know, not great, but pretty good numbers over four and a half seasons um, in the WHL. So um, I, I think there are guys like that that are the potential Connor Garland's of this team that we're going to see the prospects do what the prospects do. But I think it'd be fun to see you mentioned Kirk as a late round pick like it'd be fun to see these guys really build after one or two years into, into what Garland was able to do as a relatively, um, not unheralded cause he was a prospect, but he wasn't with his size and everything. He wasn't expected to necessarily grow into what he became, but he had the tenacity to do it. And so I'd like to see if some of these other guys pull that off. Yeah.
2: Uh, and I do think McCartney looked pretty good in the preseason action. I saw him, uh, I'm going to go, uh, Yan Unique. I think he is, uh, he has the most upside. I am very curious to get a chance to, um, hopefully get a better look at him.
1: I heard someone describe him with two words and I was like, you know, it's kind of great. And they said, Charles Barkley. And I'm like, what? And then I thought about it and they're just like, he is a power forward. He is going to bully mm-hmm. you around. And then he's going to have the finesse to throw the ball in your face or in this case, put the puck behind you. And I, I like that. I like that description a lot.
0: Yeah. But that, I mean, that you put it that way. I'm like, Oh, like that does, <laughs> that does match up perfectly with the kind of player he is. And that makes, that's pretty exciting.
2: And that's something that the team definitely needs.
0: Oh yeah, that's definitely. I mean, not to mention Yanya center. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> we're, we're t- we've been talking about centers on this on this podcast for a long time. The Coyotes don't have enough of them.
2: Yeah, all of the centers are gone. What happened to the centers? The Coyotes were supposed to have centers.
1: <laughs> the Roadrunners have a lot. I mean, that's the funny part. Even a even a Carconi and Hudson Fashion can play a little bit of center too. Um, so I think the Roadrunners are pretty deep, but not necessarily from a prospect standpoint other than, you know, unique. And 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 I see Kirk being listed as a center. Is that going to hold, you think?
2: I'm not sure. Uh, I don't remember where Team Great Britain played him. I don't know either. I, I think he was center. center.
0: If anything, I think either between center and I believe right wing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and then and then Hayton is going to be an interesting one, too, where he he kind of shakes out. Can I ask one last question? I know we're, we're running out of time, but do you guys see Hayton coming out of Tucson or you think they're going to keep him up there? Uh,
2: I think they're going to send him down to
0: Tucson. Yeah, he's going to have I think he's going to have uh, send him one more year in Tucson. There's no reason to have him up there. Uh, there's a reason why the Coyotes brought in, you know, the. Uh, veterans like Liam O'Brien and Travis Bordis. so you don't have to have Hayden up, and so you don't have to rush his development.
2: Yeah. Uh, I I almost think like the reason he's still here because we saw Dylan Gunther get reassigned like right away. It's just because he's he's hurt right now. Uh, I think if he wasn't, he'd probably already be yeah. in Tucson.
0: That's very, yeah, that's that's very much likely. But I think that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On uh, Coyotes. Uh, once again, thanks for Carl for joining us. Like, like, like he usually does. Thanks to Brett Ferrer of the Eros and the Daily Star for joining us today's episode. Brett, as we close things off, I always like to let the guests, um, have people, uh, know where to find you. Cause you know, obviously you cover, you're, you're the, uh, the main guy who covers the
1: Tucson Runners. I mean, it's you, you can, and me, but <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at churropuff. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that, that's going to be my new handle. Cause I, I like the name of the built bar. You, you were plugging in the last break so you, you see i'm a good guest i come in and i plug your sponsors so you know um no uh, uh at brett farrah b-r-e-t-t-f-e-r-a and at tucson.com or if you are in southern arizona uh you can still subscribe to the print newspaper amazingly of the arizona daily star and it's uh it's well worth the price so thank you absolutely. thank you before you go thank you both for having me i appreciate it and as robin knows we've known each other a long time i talk a lot so thank you for letting me make this a long episode
2: <laughs>
0: well, yeah was fun absolutely it was an absolutely great episode anyways thanks again to brett thanks to carl uh thanks to everyone for listening to this episode hope you guys enjoyed what you heard if you did don't forget to leave a review leave a like leave a comment uh we are available everywhere you get your podcast subscribe if you get to already find us on youtube now we are available we have a youtube channel subscribe there as well also, don't forget to interact with us on social media. I'm personally at ralbiano1. Carl Pavlik is at Carl Pavlik FFH. We are at LO underscore Coyotes. Interact with us. Ask us a question, and we will answer right back. If we don't, we might be saving it for a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Again, that's going to do it for today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget the Howl Long.
2: <laughs>